0: There was a lot about forgiveness and mercy, and I'm going to need it here today because this is a long one. So uh, in the words of Bishop Carl, I I hope you packed your lunch, all right? No one laughs hard at that one. Uh, I carry a bag everywhere, and uh, people often will ask me about it, and part of the reason is just uh, I'm I'm spacey. Uh, I have uh, two parishes, and every once in a while, someone will give me something and say, well, you need to take this to St. Mark, and I have no chance of remembering that, right? So I put it in this bag that I carry everywhere. And when I'm at St. Mark, uh, you need to carry this over to Holy Family. No chance. So I put it in the bag, and that way, when someone three weeks later says, did you ever get this one document? Why, yes, it's right here. Yeah, so that's the homily. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, so I also have in there my stuff to anoint people when they're sick. Uh, I've come upon accidents before, and I stop, and help where I can. Uh, all kinds of stuff in this bag. And I have flags on it. You, you may have know it's every country I've been to. It's, it's kind of this tribute, in a sense, to where God has let me go and what God lets me do. And I, I dig it. Um, And bags, you know, we've we've talked about this before, um, but that all of us have them. And and the heaviest bags we carry, and I really believe this, are the invisible ones. Um, The scars that we've inflicted on others, uh, the scars people have inflicted on us, this pain and sorrow and disappointment that we carry everywhere we go. And it's so heavy, uh, but we're used to carrying it. And so often the only time we notice how heavy it is, is when someone does us the great favor of adding to it. When someone does something and some part of our, our lizard brain says, great, another brick, another scar, another thing I have no idea how to deal with. And I, I want to talk to that today because this poisons us. It poisons us, and I think it's a big reason why we're so afraid all the time, and why we're so angry, why we're so cruel and demanding, uh, and why we hurt so easy. It's because it's not just an, it's another thing. And it becomes cyclical, doesn't it? That we get hurt, so we hurt others. You know that line, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so we just compound and compound. And we hear Jesus say, forgive. Um, I I, I hated this. People would always say, oh, you got to let that go. I don't know how to do that. If I did, I would. (laughs) Yeah? Well, you got to let that go. Okay. It's like that old joke, right? The first step to becoming a millionaire, get a million dollars. Yeah. So I want us to look at forgiveness today and how Jesus just wants to rip these bags off us. And he'll be gentle, because we're tiny. And I think, well, first we gotta look at why are we worried sometimes about forgiveness? And I think the first thing is, we often think forgiveness means, oh, it's okay. Well, if it was okay, the other person wouldn't be apologizing. It's not okay, that's why I hurt. To forgive doesn't mean we say, no more pain. Yeah? To forgive doesn't mean we deny the depth of the wound. I think another reason we might get worried is it's too hard. <laughs> we've tried and we've failed. Well, I forgive so-and-so. And then two hours later, they're right back in our heads. And I think a, a final thing, and I, I know I've said this a lot, and I'm not sorry, uh, but we confuse forgiveness and reconciliation. Right? Forgiveness means we're saying to God, don't collect the debt. This person who hurt you, and I'm not being funny, God saw it. And God loves you. And now there's a debt to be paid. And when you and I forgive, we say to God, don't collect that debt. And we say, I won't collect that debt. We say literally, You owe me nothing. I forgive you. The debt is forgiven, emotional, spiritual, whatever it may be. Reconciliation is about the restoration of the relationship, and that's not possible until there is repentance. God doesn't want you to stay close to people who just keep hurting you over and over. Your dignity is something he died for, and you need to protect that. To forgive doesn't mean we're besties, yeah? It means we say, I'm not gonna collect that debt. I beg God not to collect that debt. For reconciliation, there needs to be a change of behavior, a repentance, or at least an attempt, a serious attempt. So those things I hope we can put aside. If we're worried that we have to reconcile, not necessarily. If we're worried because we failed again, I think God can help us with that. And and if we think it means we have to pretend it didn't happen, let that go. Do you know what what passage in the Bible where it says forgive and forget? It never says that. We can't forget. So how do we forgive? Well, the the first thing is to, to make that statement. Lord Jesus, I forgive so and so. That for us, we recognize the abject power of Jesus' words. What? Pray for those who mistreat you. That in the same way you and I have hurt others because of our wounds, people hurt us because of theirs, so we can pray, Jesus, heal whatever is in that person that compelled them to do this to me. Heal it, Lord. Jesus, I don't know if you remember, he did that. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And who was he talking about? The people killing him. The first step to forgiveness is to commit it to prayer, because this is a superhuman activity. If humans could do it, we would, but we stink at it. God, as it turns out, is fantastic at forgiveness. And so we pray, Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Lord, heal whatever wound is in them that compelled them to do this. And we say that prayer as often as we have to. And and that's the second thing. We need to train our emotions. I think part of our problem, Father, I've not forgiven so-and-so. And if you tell me that, I always ask you this. How do you know? Well, I feel anger. Can't help your feelings. And if that feeling compels you to pray, well then you just had a holy moment. Our feelings will catch up. They will. But until then, we're faithful to the process. Lord, I forgive so and so, do not collect this debt. Lord, heal whatever is in them that compelled them to do this to me. Wash, rinse, repeat. I read that on my shampoo bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me. Uh, The next thing is we need to remember how often we need mercy. We need to remember that. People have forgiven us and we didn't know we hurt them. I am asked, Father, what's the hardest part about being a priest here, and I'm going to tell you, and I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings, but this is by far the hardest part of being a priest at Holy Family. It's turning left on Saginaw Road. I've lived in 13 rectories, and turning left onto Saginaw Road from that driveway over there, it's basically God has to intervene yeah Uh, it's the worst I'm about a hundred feet from a stoplight and then wow yeah it's the worst my brother-in-law from Boston's here (laughs) and here's the thing every once in a while there's this magic moment where the the lane going this way is open and the lane coming this way is clear except there's a car that's at the stoplight here am I making sense? and they could move forward, but they're blocking me because they're very busy doing this. Yeah. Now, if they'd look to their right, they would see a very large truck and a very unattractive man uh, glaring at them, begging them, please move forward, yeah, because then I can go. And I get so mad at that, right? I do the, put your phone down and drive, yeah? So. Two years after I moved here, I was at McDonald's, of course, to pray over someone, and uh, I was in the drive-through line, and uh, somebody honked at me, behind me, and I, you know, look back, I don't know, I had to, of course, put my phone down. (laughs) Space for two cars in front of me. yeah. I had nuggets waiting and I couldn't even focus and that hit me right I'm that guy yeah I'm that guy and I don't know how many people making that same stupid mistake where I've done it and I don't even know who I messed up and that's a small example I know but isn't our life filled with those And if we can remember, my gosh, there's people I won't know how deeply I hurt them until heaven. And I found out the debt that God won't collect because they prayed for me. And that's so beautiful. Why would I hesitate to forgive? And all of this is superhuman. And so we need to be constantly invoking the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come. Because this whole list Jesus gave, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. Do you see him up there? He did all of it. He didn't just say, you do it. He showed us the way. When they slapped him, he offered him his other cheek. When they hated him, he begged God, forgive them. While they were killing him. He was giving them life. And so that spirit's in you guys. It's not a cheap knockoff. It's the spirit of the living God. And you can call on that spirit. Help me forgive. Heal my broken heart. Help me to put this burden down. This last week, I was on retreat with the priests of the diocese. And I tell you, it's the best retreat we ever had. And I've never seen such a response from priests before. But one of the things that blew me away was a story they shared that I want to share with you. And I looked it up. This is an amazing thing. And it starts very awful. But it starts with a group of seven priests in Poland who lived together, served together, and ministered together. And one of them was named Father Loch. And one day, uh, he, he headed out of the house to, to quite literally go get groceries for the rest of them. And they were trying to stockpile because the Nazis were here. And they were scared. And while he was gone, they came and arrested all of his brothers and took them off to Auschwitz. Father Loch returned and, and found out what had happened. And then he did a fairly shocking thing and something I don't think anyone else did He broke into Auschwitz and he found the camp commander, a man named Rudolf Haas, and he told him, I'm here to die with my brothers. Rudolf Haas was a bit of an expert murderer at this point in his life. You may be familiar with St. Maximilian Kolbe. That it was, it was Rudolf Haas who arrested those priests and decided it would be a good experiment to see how he could kill them slowly by starving them. By his own words, he believed he had killed 1.6 million people as the commander in Auschwitz. And when he met this priest, he made him go home. Who knows why, but he sent him home and again... Probably the only guy who had to be walked, forced out of Auschwitz. But for the rest of his time, uh, Father uh, Loch was a subversive agent. He snuck communion to people. He heard confessions. He prayed with people. And you know the story, the Allies triumphed and when they arrived at Auschwitz they immediately arrested all the Nazi officers they could, including Rudolf Haas. And when Rudolf Haas was arrested and put on trial in Nuremberg, he was very clear that he believed he did the right thing. That his only objection to the trial was they credited him with killing 2 million people. And he felt it was more like 1.7. He couldn't accept the possibility that he had done evil. But in his journal, what he wrote was he couldn't believe how well the Allied soldiers treated him. He said, For the first time in my life, I experienced human kindness. And on one day in particular, he had felt, he had said for weeks, this thing in his heart, and he heard church bells, so he asked the guards, get me a priest. And so they went to the church nearby, and it was Good Friday. All the priests were in service. But there just happened to be this one guy, and he was praying at the Church of the Divine Mercy. He was a priest, Father Loch. And they found him and said, you speak German, Will you meet with this man?" He knew that was the Lord. This man who had killed his friends, this man who had burned down Poland, tortured his people, wanted a priest, and so he went. And for the next couple weeks, he met with him daily, and Rudolf Hoss became Catholic. He confessed to his crimes. He wrote begging the people of Poland to forgive him, the Jewish people to forgive him, and the day before he was executed, he received his first Holy Communion. They noted that at his execution, he was calm and he was quiet and said, this is just, but that he hoped for heaven. And all of it happened because a priest led by God was able to put aside I assume his anger and his hurt and his hatred at a man who had burned down his country, who had killed his family and friends, and went and did for Rudolf Haas what God had done for him. The power of forgiveness and love, it comes from God and it flows through us if we let it. And I'm begging us today to let Jesus help us put these bags down. It doesn't mean you were never hurt. It doesn't mean you have to be besties. And you don't have to rely on your own power. The power that compelled him to literally love us to death lives in you. Call on it. Receive it. Let Jesus set you free. Amen.